freedom, we're looking at healing, we're looking at peace and joy and forgiveness and heaven and just all the different things that that we receive as as Christians because of Jesus' death and resurrection for us. So we're so excited uh, this morning. We are honored to uh, welcome Ron Meyer. Ron Meyer is here with us this morning. Ron, if you'd like to come up. Uh, Ron, assume that some people here don't know you and have never met you. So there, there are some people here, I'm sure, who have uh, have never met you, and and some people have. So uh, let's make him uh, make him welcome this morning. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Yeah, all right. For you to you. (laughs) So a little bit of background. Ron was a uh, farmer, lives in Myerstown, planted a church in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, and uh, has uh, just a lot of history with the Dove International Movement. He's part of the uh, International Apostolic Council of Dove. He oversees the Dove USA team and... uh, uh, helps inspire lots of church planting in in the USA region and and some other parts of the world too. So yeah, uh, we are uh, we're just really honored to have uh, Ron come and and uh, and talk about healing this morning and and just God's God's heart and God's plan for right. for uh, Christians to be to be healed and to and to pray and and bless others with the with the gift of healing. So uh, let's pray for Ron this morning. Yeah, Thank you, Lord. Thank, Thank you. Jesus. For uh, this time together, thank you that you are here and and you're at work, you are moving, and uh, good things are happening in people's lives and hearts today in this community, in this church, and we're so excited to see, Lord, what you're going to do next. Would you bless Ron? Would you be with him? Uh, we uh, will. We welcome him this morning. Yeah. In Jesus, name. Amen. One one last thing I should say is that uh, one of Ron's great claims to fame here at Newport is that he is the dad of, of Lisa Hurst. He is the grandpa to the, to the Hurst children, father-in-law to Kevin. So, so yeah. we're, uh, he's got uh, just lots of uh, family connections here. Yeah, too, we do. So. Right. Yeah, we do. Welcome. Great. Thanks, Alan. Alan, your hand was really warm. Maybe you need to be praying for healing for somebody. It's good heat coming here. Hey, good morning, church. A little bit louder. Good morning, church. I want to make sure you're still alive because there's such a distance between me and you. I want to make sure that you can hear me and I can hear you. Uh, Bonnie and I are excited to be here. We're excited about what God is doing. And um, um, my prayer is that what I've prepared comes out right. Uh, that, would be, that would be advantageous. Um, in talking about healing, uh, I love to, uh, first of all, I love to talk about anything that God's doing and what he's made available to us. So um, I just want to thank Alan for praying and, and for inviting me to be a part here and, and come here this morning. Um, I'd like you to turn, uh, why don't you turn to Mark 16 a while, it'll take me a while to get there, but if you're slow turning or if you have a slow compressor or processor rather in your uh, phone, it might take you a while to get there, so just in case you're on an Android or something like that. (laughs) I have an Android so I can say that, all right? Kingdom is supposed to be fun, remember? That's right. First of all, I do want to affirm your leaders this morning, both Al and Julie and uh, soon, as the year rolls on, Merle and Cherie, uh, the elder teams, uh, the elder team that you have here, uh, they're just quality people. And uh, I just really, really appreciate them. Get to, I have the privilege of traveling to a lot of churches, both in the USA and outside the USA. And I can honestly say that uh, you have a great team. And uh, there's good things. There's been so many good things that have been happening here uh, with the Newport family. Of course, the fact that we have our daughter here and our son-in-law, and I was just with the two most favorite women in my life last night for dinner. Uh, by the way, if you, some of you, if you don't know me, you don't know Bonnie, honey, would you stand? Yes. 
uh, married, it'll be 45 years this year. She, she, um, I introduced her one time to somebody, and he said, oh, so you're the anointing behind the act, um, <laughs> which is pretty accurate. <laughs> We're driving here this morning. Oh, don't forget this, and don't forget that. So it's good. She, I really appreciate her. She's been such a, um, just a strength to me uh, and to our family through, through these years or through the years. Uh, that we've known each other. We waited till we were 19 to get married. We didn't want to rush into it. <clears throat> Wanted to make sure we knew what we were doing. I was a very mature 19. I turned 19 in June, got married in July. Um, in the words of Jesus, what thou do, do quickly. I think it was the phrase that came to my mind. Um, okay, focus. <laughs> That's right, we're live streaming. Focus. <laughs> Okay, time to pray again. Father, I thank you for this morning, and I pray that you would add to, subtract from that which I prepared today to be able to impart your heart into the heart and lives of my brothers and sisters here this morning in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, they've asked me to teach on healing today. What's Jesus made available at the cross? And we want to go into that. First of all, there's a uh, number of books I'll refer to later on that I just encourage you to read. Let me just say this, is that uh, this kingdom life that we're involved in is one of growth. It's one of continual maturing. Um, Bonnie and I just bought a book on marriage. We're married 45 years this year, but how many of you know that I'm still not the perfect husband? Can I, say, can I hear an amen? A lot, a lot of hands. Right? If, you, if you need credibility to that, she was the only one that raised her hand. Is that true? <laughs> Out of the, my peripheral vision, <laughs> see, you now there's integrity, I'll tell you right there. Seriously, we, we're married 45 years this year, but we want to continue to grow because the closer we get to each other, the more we know there's still more that we need to know. Amen? The closer I get to God, the closer I walk with the Holy Spirit, the more I know and realize that there's so much that I don't know. There's so much more that he has available to me. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. I want to give to you the one key, the main key in seeing people healed. We'll get to that a little bit later on as well. But I believe that God has placed us here to be a demonstration of his power and grace upon the face of the earth. And it's a growing process. It's not something that I stay stagnant in. It's not something that I just stay put in. It's something that I continue to grow in, in what he has made available to me. I continue to learn more and more about his grace, about that which he has made available, as I said, to me. As I continue to grow, I continue to apply those things, and it changes. That's what makes marriage, if I could use that as an analogy, that's what makes marriage so exciting and so important is that about the time that we learn to relate to each other where we're at today, we change. Yeah, can I hear an amen on that? Yeah. So about the time I think I have her figured out or she thinks she has me figured out, we're both growing and we change. And we bring something up from the past. Well, no, I don't think that way anymore. No, I don't respond that way anymore. Okay. Now, there's sometimes I can revert back to an old pattern and I know in her, in her, in her, in fact, it just happened in the last few days. She says, oh, no, is the, are, are, we going, are you going back to that little, I had a growth process and then go back. God wants you to continue to grow, not only in your relationship with others, but in your relationship with him. My goal this morning is activation. If, listen, there, I, I, there is so much theology that you can look at as far as Jesus and what he did on the cross and is healing available to us and answering all those kind of arguments. But here's my goal this morning is to activate you. 
I believe, I have a dream, the dream that the church becomes the powerhouse that God designed it to be. That place of power that is released on a daily basis where normal people doing supernatural things because they serve a supernatural God. You encountering Holy Spirit on a moment-by-moment basis that whatever the situation is in front of you, you respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing. So it's not so much what would Jesus do, it's what is Jesus doing that you can be a part of. How is he working in that person's life? He has brought you and placed you in that situation to bring about change. To bring about change. Listen, status quo is not acceptable to us as believers. Status quo is that this isn't the place to camp. This is a place to continue to press in and to continue to believe God for more. So I want to connect you, or my goal is, is that you fulfill the dream, again, by connecting with the Holy Spirit and impacting society around you. Living the kingdom, transforming your world. Now let me start out by saying that the goal and the I believe God's plan for us as his children is that we walk in divine health. Praise God for healing. Praise God we can pray for healing. We pray for each other. But I believe the goal is that we can walk in divine health. And that that there's things that we can do naturally. You can talk to Karen about that. There are things that we can do and spiritually under his grace to walk in the divine health that he has planned for us. But if we get sick, or when we get sick, then he also releases the power and presence of Jesus to move in us in that time. Sometimes I get around sick people, and they say, hey, stay away from me. I I don't want you to get what I got. And then I do this. I say, well, I have a belief that what's in me is greater than what's in you, so maybe I can bring about change if I hug you, then you bring about change if you hug me. How's that? That's a different mindset. It's a different understanding, but it's the belief system that the greater, the the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells in me. And then I use that as a launch pad, as a foundation laying thing. I'm not moving in fear. I'm moving in wisdom, but I'm not moving in fear. I'm taking steps of faith to release that which Jesus has placed within me. Amen. Let me start. I was here at the, um, or not start, let me continue. Keep going back to the beginning. That's so I have more time. No. Um, (laughs) My message starts now. What, I have 45 minutes yet, Merle? (laughs) Sorry. There are things that come in my head and out my mouth before I have time to think. Um, I shared with the uh, youth tailgate here, uh, youth tailgate party here a number of weeks ago. Had a great time. By the way, could I have all the youth stand? You, if you consider yourself a youth stand, please stand. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You picked up on it. Don't wait around. A little bit louder. Yeah. Thank you. Whoever that was who was moderating this morning, excellent job. I love to see Alan, Merle, thank you for taking risk and putting young people up here. That's amazing. That's excellent, excellent. Your Bible is divided up into two sections. This is not revelatory knowledge. Only you know that. Old Testament, New Testament. Okay? Old Covenant, New Covenant. Jesus came to earth and created a new covenant. Lots we could say about that. The point is this, is that Old Covenant is not old in the terms of years. It's old in the term of obsolete. What I find is often... 
myself included at times, is we live in the New Testament, but at times we put a foot back into the Old Testament, and we bring Old Testament understanding into the New Testament revelatory way that we are to live our lives. In the age of grace, as Jesus came and paid the price for our sins, there's times where it's no longer what I do that brings me into righteousness with God. It's what Jesus has already done, but I find at times people will make that shift or make that foot in the old camp, so to think, so to, be, so to say, and say, well, I failed here, therefore I'm no longer righteous. And what they're doing is they're stepping back into the old covenant, into the new covenant. Think in terms obsolete, think in terms of cell phone. Now, this is a Nokia, and at one point in time, you would not know this on that side of the room, but at one point in time, Nokia was top of the line on cell phone. This was an analog cell phone, a stick phone. It was great. It was powerful. worked excellent. It's obsolete. Anybody want to use it any longer? No. Why? Because it's obsolete. Same thing is true of the law. It's obsolete. The new covenant Jesus brought into being when he gave his life on the cross, it was a game changer. As I said, it was no longer my righteousness. It was no longer, I didn't qualify for healing. I didn't qualify for salvation. He qualified me. We'll see that. I think I have scripture verses for that later on. He forgave all I ever did that was against his nature. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 10 says this. God saved you by his grace. I love the way this reads. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. And I have a different uh, translation than what's up on your screen. I apologize. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For you, we are God's masterpiece. One translation says poem. We are God's masterpiece. Listen, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a masterpiece. Yeah. Now say it like you mean it. Go ahead. Say it like you mean it. I appreciate your... For there to be a masterpiece, there has to be a master. There has to be a master. I, I love the songs you picked. Whoever picked the songs, we're talking about healing this morning. The first one, second, they were right in line with just even what we're going to share this morning. For there to be a masterpiece, there has to be a master. There has to be a creator. For a creation, there has to be a creator. For that, 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 that power that Jesus Christ is creating you, his masterpiece, not because of what you've done. Did Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things he planned for us long ago. That, that should, somebody should get out of their chair on that one. Go ahead. Somebody, get out of your chair. All right, nobody's out of their chair? Okay, we got two people out of their chair. Listen, we can, am I too excited for you? You want me to tone it down? All right. It might be possible, but if, that's a sidebar, I don't have time. Um, you can still learn from the Old Testament. We still read it. There's still a lot of things I learn about it. Remember the Old Testament when Miriam spoke, again, spoke against God? Listen, I'm drawing contrast from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Remember the Old Testament? Miriam spoke against Moses because, he, because who he married. And God, the Bible says then that the cloud moved, and as the cloud left, God called Aaron and Miriam and says, hey, I want to meet with you. You're complaining about Moses. And the cloud left, and Miriam became white as snow, leprosy. She had leprosy, okay? That, that, some, some people translate that, well, you can't speak against your leaders. Well, yeah, you shouldn't speak against your leaders, but not because you become leprous. 
Liken that to the New Testament where the leper came to Jesus and said, Jesus, if you wanted to, you could heal me. Jesus said, I want to be healed. Cleanse. Old Testament, New Testament. Con- just the total difference. Jesus said, I'm willing. The New Covenant, the disciples ask, what did this guy do that brought this sickness on him? And Jesus said, it wasn't him. It wasn't anything he did. It was so that I might be glorified, that the Father might be glorified in me. New covenant, not based on what you do, based upon what he has already done. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. John 1, verse 16 and 17. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. I call that favor. Let me say that again. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Jesus came and demonstrated the new covenant and what was available to those who believe. Remember what Jesus is, you are. Where you go, he goes. He came and he lives in your life. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells in you, it's alive in you, and it's looking for a place to manifest. How's that for a term? What? What if we all manifested? Sometimes we all look at that as a negative thing. But what if every circumstance, every situation throughout where we're at, in Lancaster County, in Mannheim, in the school, in the grocery store, every situation you manifested Jesus, what would be different? Think of the game changer that would be. Think of the impact that would have on society around us. That's God's plan. That's his plan. That's my dream, not only for you, but for me. That any and every situation, I manifest Jesus. When I get squeezed, what comes out? Jesus comes out. And if Jesus doesn't come out when I get squeezed, all it means is that there's an area of growth, there's an area of maturity that needs to happen into my life. The true test of what I believe is what happens when things don't go the way I believe. Let me say that again. I think I said that right because it's not in my notes. The true test of what I believe comes out when things happen that I don't believe. The true test of what I believe for Bonnie and I and our relationship is not is not proven when she agrees with me or I agree with her when things are going well. It's proven when things are struggling. The true test of my relationship with Jesus is not the true test that happens when things are not going according to what I believe because that's when really comes out what I really believe. Will I really believe what I say I believe? Will I really enact what I say I believe? Are you catching one? Am I saying it clear enough for you? So you're taking those steps. So, so what, I, what I believe healing really, the, the true test of that is when I'm not well. Or when I'm praying for somebody else who isn't well. Remember where Jesus says you are. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Who lives in me? Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, the Bible is full of accounts of people getting healed. Just full, account after another. The disciples, it was a daily occurrence or almost or seemed like a daily occurrence. You read through Acts and it's on every page of someone getting healed. Of Paul, of Peter, somebody praying for somebody. Jesus walking in the, in the Gospels, just seeing people get, get, getting healed. It's an everyday occurrence. You need to read, my encouragement for you is that you would not limit yourself. Listen, Anybody who's growing in anything is educating themselves. Anybody who's growing in the relationship, as I said, 
think I started to say, I'm not sure I finished it. Even though Bonnie and I have been married 45 years, we bought a book so that we can continue to grow in our relationship. So we bought a, a, a book to go through together to, on marriage. So I continually look as a leader, I read books on leadership. As a Christian, I read books on Christian things, whether it's walking in forgiveness, health, wholeness, whatever it is. When we're talking about healing, I want to refer two or three books to you. One is The Essential Guide of Healing, and that's by Bill Johnson, Randy Clark, excellent book. I've written books by Smith Wigglesworth. There's some other ones I couldn't think of this morning. John, John Eckert has, some book, has at least one book on healing. Uh, those are all excellent, excellent resources. I remember one time I was laying flat on my back in a hospital bed because of a stupid mistake on two wheels, and I don't think we'll go into that much farther, but crutches for six months. Anyway, um, to get me through the night, somehow, in preparation, somebody had given me like two weeks before a tape on healing scriptures, and I remembered it as soon as I'm laying in the hospital bed. I told Bonnie, I said, bring that, bring me a, a, at that point in time, cassette player, which you might not be aware of. <laughs> I was young back then. I still ride two wheels, but I ride it a little bit differently than I did back then. Anyway, um, bring me that tape in all that night. I kept that tape playing all that night because it was the only thing I could feel. It was, it was the one thing that kept me from being overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with what was in front of me. Overwhelmed with the situation. Overwhelmed with what could have been and what God protected me from. Just overwhelmed. And just listening to those scripture tapes of John Hagee, who's with Jesus now, but he just had, it was like 45 minutes of verses, just one verse after the other of scriptures on healing. And it just fed my spirit. It gave peace to my soul. Listen, you got to feed, you got to feed your soul so that when those times and difficulties come, that that which is strongest will rise up against it. That which is solid and your values will rise up. And the development of any relationship Experts tell us that most problems occur with surrounding expectations, unmet, misunderstood, or perceived. Without any scientific data, I would venture to guess that most of us are influenced in our relationship with Jesus because of expectations, unmet, misunderstood, or perceived. Unmet, why didn't he? If he's a loving God, then why didn't he do that? Misunderstood. Well, I thought the abundant life meant a Harley and a Corvette. I mean, that's natural for me. Ill-perceived, I just did this, therefore I deserve. And because of the aforementioned, we have built a faith structure based upon our experience instead of what God has said. Because we don't want to be, we, we don't want to be heard, hurt, we don't want to look like a fool, and we don't want to, um, we don't want to be uh, looked at as, again, as I said, foolish. So we lower our expectations, not to be disappointed, not to look foolish, and we settle for a life of mediocrity instead of the life of excitement that God has planned for us. Listen, there are things that I've experienced in the past that really helped create me of who I am today. The things I've fought through have created a fighter in me. We have a, uh, or I have years ago, and I haven't preached it for a long time, I preached a message on 16 things I've learned going through difficult times. But to create the scenario so that the person in the chair thinks that the person behind the, on the platform doesn't go through any difficult times, I lay out the things that we've experienced 
in my now 60 plus years of life. But each of those things define me. Listen, get angry at the situation, get angry at the devil, but don't get angry at God because he's the only one that's going to get you through the situation. It's okay to get angry, but direct it to the right spot. Let's go to Mark chapter 16. We may come back to that, talk to that, that a little bit more. But let me just say this, is often our unmet expectations or our perceived expectations or our um, misunderstood expectations lead us to a life of mediocrity instead of the exciting life that God has for us. So let's go to Mark 16. By the way, you're a great group to, to preach to. I'm having fun. Hopefully you are. Mark 16, let's, let's pick it up here in verse, in verse 15, I believe. Verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. These signs. These signs will follow them. So let's look over them. Cast out demons. Okay. First of all, the best examples I can give you are personal examples. Is that okay? So the examples I give you are not in any way to pat myself on the back or it's to give you a, a give you a, a um, uh, how should I say, an inroad into things that I've experienced in hopes that it would encourage you in your Christian walk as well. Cast out demons. I've seen a lot of that over the years. Teach it in the school. Speak with new tongues. Definitely. Love to do that. Take up servants. Um, dog bit me this week. Probably doesn't qualify, but <laughs> bit me right on the ankle. He almost went to see Jesus himself. Um, <laughs> but alas, it was a place of business, so I just told the owner, you might want to check that out. <laughs> Drink anything deadly. I don't know. I swallowed pretty much 92 octane gasoline a couple of years ago. Um, I was firing on all cylinders that afternoon, but I don't know if, I don't know if Karen, is that considered deadly or not? <laughs> um, I, burped, I burped gas till 9 o'clock that night. Boy, it was quite... <laughs> I didn't know whether to flood it with water or puke back up, or I just prayed. Yeah. You can say many things about my life. Boring is not one of them. Okay. Lay hands on the sick. That's what we want to focus on this morning. It's my time. In the new covenant, Jesus healed all who were brought to him. Listen, the Christian life is not hokey, spooky, strange, weird, or anything like that. It's practical. It's relevant to society. It's relevant to exactly what's in front of you. It's relevant to everyday people doing extraordinary things through an extraordinary God. Jesus comes on the scene, and he changes the scenario. That's what he wants you to do. That's what's available to you, to come on the scene and change the scenario. So I was with one of our lead elders this week. And he had his pressure brace on, like all the pressure brace on his arm. And I said, hey, what's with the arm, dude? He goes, oh, I don't know what I did. I hurt it. I injured it. It really hurts. Uh, and they put this thing on. It helps a little bit, but it really hurts in between. I said, well, let me pray for you. So I prayed for him. And he took it off and prayed for him. I said, how does it feel? He said, well, it doesn't hurt now. And he put the band back on. I said, what are you putting that back on for? <laughs> well, you know, just in case it hurts again. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a statement of faith. Anyway, <laughs> put it back on. That's fine. I said, well, let me know. Because I'm teaching on healing on Sunday. I want to know. This is Wednesday, I think. So he texted me Saturday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning. Hey, Ron, just to let you know, man, I haven't won that brace in two days. And I uh, even worked out yesterday. Everything's feeling great. Yeah, amen. Change situation. 
These signs, listen, signs point to something greater. Listen, all these signs, it just points to something greater. Now, the, the neat part, and I'll give some examples here, is that you get to pray for healing not only for the saved, but also for the unsaved. All right? Because it points to something greater. Listen, when I come in here this morning, I needed a restroom. I was not content with seeing a sign. That did not provide me with the relief that I needed. All right? I should not have said that. Um, it pointed to something greater. When I see the sign, Mannheim, 30 miles, it points to something greater. I'm not content with the sign. Look, I want to be delivered, but how much more important to get to know the deliverer? I want to be healed, but how much more to come in connection and fall in love with the healer? I want, you, want to be, you want to connect with the creator that has created you, that has made it possible for you to do all that he's called you to be. Don't content with the new, be content with that new language he talks about, praying in tongues. Don't be content with just the infilling of his spirit. Get to know the author. Of that, the linguist who gives you that language, who's praying through you. I want to share with you the number one secret of seeing people healed. But first, those who believe. Those who believe what? Turn with me to John chapter 14. This was revelatory to me a number of years ago. Because I used to always read those verses in in Mark, thinking those who believed in the signs. And I think that's true too. Obviously, I won't pray for somebody to be healed if I don't believe in healing. But I believe it goes deeper than that. John chapter 14. Uh, let's pick it up here in verse 9. And Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have, and you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I did not speak of my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. If Jesus says, the Father who dwells in me does the works, then how much more important and releasing is it to me to be able to say, it's not me, it's Jesus in me that is doing the work. The Father is in Jesus and Jesus in me. Jesus, back, back in Isaiah, God says, I am Father God or I am the, the God, I, I, am, I am, I am, or something like that. Some phrase uses, and then he says this, I will give my glory to no one. And then we look at John 17, and Jesus says, Father, you have given me your glory, and I give it to them that they might show your glory as well. Listen, the same God who said, I will give my glory to no one, now through Jesus Christ gives us his glory. So when you encounter a situation, a difficulty, someone who needs healed, someone who needs delivered, someone who needs set free, which you're going to talk about that a little bit more later in the weeks to come, all you're doing is demonstrating God's glory. Your point, it's a sign to point to him. It's a sign. Look, God just healed you. Do you now believe that he is real? I was, I was sitting beside a plane on a, a plane going somewhere. Uh, it was some time ago. And, and the guy goes, I, I usually ask, this is my go-to question. Um, uh, do you have any kind of spiritual background? And he goes, uh, yeah, I'm agnostic. I said, really? How did you get to be agnostic? He said, well, I used to be an atheist. Uh, but there's too many things that I can't explain, so I decided to be an agnostic. An agnostic is somebody who believes in something, but not necessarily God or Jesus. So that was my inroad, man. I just started telling him God stories. One, one story after another. He goes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's the kind of thing I need the answers to. And it get, led to a great conversation flying across the USA. Not continuous. He would sleep. I would work. He would work. I would sleep. But different times, we would engage in conversation. And then he said this. He said, are you one of those Christians that believe that God orchestrates things? I said, oh, absolutely. I sure do. You've been put here for a purpose, man. I said, how did you get here? 
Because when I checked in on the plane, that seat was empty because I thought, I have an empty seat. In fact, when I came in and sat down here, the guy in the window said, hey, we have an empty seat between us. I said, yeah, I know. That's nice. Leg room, arm room. I can put whatever, whatever. I said, how did you get here? He said, well, when I checked in, when I got at the gate, I wanted to. This is economy. This is not first class or anything. This is economy. But the front of United has a little more, a few extra inches. Uh, and if you fly enough miles, you can get those seats. But anyway, so I'm sitting there, and he said this. He said, um, I wanted to get a better seat, and as I looked over the chart, this was the only one that was free. Everyone around him, there was like 30 bucks, 40 bucks, but the one beside me, which to me was a more premium seat to me than the one in the center of the center, he got it free. Why? Because Holy Spirit wanted him there beside me. And I could say that to him. <laughs> I was coming back from Ireland uh, last week, I think, week before. Anyway, coming back from Ireland, and I checked in again. Getting on a plane, two empty seats beside me, one here, one on the other aisle. We can stretch out. Nice flight, seven and a half hours, eight hours. You can stretch out. They give you a meal. You can put it on the center tray, blah, blah, blah. Very easy to fly. I know what I'm talking about. I get on the plane, have my legs propped up, blah, blah, blah. Somebody comes in. I'm like, oh, oh, you went in here? Oh, you went in here? I'm thinking, oh, how'd they get here? <laughs> oh, selfish man that you are. Um, I know you were thinking it, so I could just say it. So anyway, as I began to talk to them and I, and I began to ask them, here they were newlyweds, they just got married, they're on their honeymoon, and that began a whole God encounter of talking about um, uh, love languages and personalities, and I had a prophetic word for them, and, and through, that, through that whole thing, and, and at one point in time I said, well now this is what's going to happen, you're going to say this to him, and she said, we already had that conversation. Uh, <laughs> it was just a beautiful time, and at the end, before we're getting off the plane, I said, by the way, how did you get here? Because when I got on, it showed that these two seats were empty. She said, we went to the counter and said, we're on a honeymoon. And they put us right here in the, up, up closer to the bulkhead. I said, do you realize why that happened? She said, yeah, God wanted us beside you. Or I said that to her. Let me rephrase that. I said that to her. And she shook her head, yes. When we left the plane, I mean, you don't do this. But when we're getting all out the door, they turned. They both stopped and turned to shake my hand and thank you. Thank me for the encounter. Well, you're bringing about God's presence into that situation. That might seem minor, but I'm telling you, to them, it's major. That God would love them enough to bring someone into their life to speak to them about the spiritual things of God. And he asked this question somewhere throughout the process. He said, he said, you're a Christian? He said, what kind, of churches, what kind of church do you have? I told him what I'm doing. He said, what kind of church do you have? And I tried to explain a little bit. He said, are, are, you, the, are you a faith healer church? I said, yeah, we are. Oh, okay, that, I know what that is. Okay. Anyway. Don't be embarrassed by any spiritual gift. I know about you. There are nine gifts in the... In the uh, gifts of the Spirit, Word of Wisdom, Word of Knowledge, Gift of Faith, Healing Miracles, Prophecy. Are th those nine gifts, don't be embarrassed by those. There's many times I pray through, pray through that list. I need each one of those. I, I mean, it says desire the gift of prophecy, but I need the others. I need discernment. I need a prophetic gift. I need, I need wisdom, words of knowledge. I need all that stuff to function to the capacity that God wants us to function. And never be embarrassed by one of those gifts that he gives you. Never be embarrassed by tongues. Never be embarrassed by words of knowledge. Never, never be embarrassed by anything that he gives you. Never be embarrassed. Yeah, listen, sometimes people put labels on because that's the best thing they know how to do. They don't, they don't, know, they don't understand a label, so they, they put a label on you. Don't be embarrassed by the label. Give clarity to the label if they put a label on you. But don't be embarrassed by what Jesus Christ has made available to you.
those who believe, those who believe that Jesus is doing the work. Well, that was a long time just to say that part, wasn't it? Jesus in me is doing the work. Jesus yelled when he was hanging on the cross, and this whole message, this whole series is about what made Jesus made available to us. When Jesus yelled, it is finished, he tore the veil, making it possible for you and I to get into the room of operations, into the throne room, to bring about change on the earth. He made it possible for us to bring deliverance to people, to see people set free. And I'm sure you're going to be talking, I know you're going to be talking more about that as time goes on. He says this, Hebrews 4.16 in light of that, in light of that veil being torn, in light of giving us authority to walk into the throne room, this is what the writer of Hebrews says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Listen, that we may obtain mercy and find grace. Here's two words. If you have a, if you have a printed Bible, underline them. To help. He gives us grace to help. He gives us grace to help. All those around us in time of need. Gives us grace to help ourselves as well, but to help. 6.05, most Monday mornings, I enter a coffee shop. Somewhere between 6.05, 6.10, somewhere in that range. So the lady, the person behind the counter knows who I am. And as I walked in that one Monday morning, we talked about the day and how the, the week. I usually say, how was your week been? How things going? That kind of thing. And that one morning, there was um, two other people sitting in the, in the um, shop. And as I, as, I walk, as, I, as we began to discuss the week, she goes, yeah, blah, 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 everything was great, blah, blah, blah. But she said, really, right now, I got a pounding headache. I said, really? Um, would you mind if I prayed for you? Sure. Because she knows who I am. She knows what I do. What I do. So I said, can I put my hand on your head? Sure. I mean, there's a counter between us, so I gently put my hand on your head. Prayed for her. How's it feel now? Still pounding. Okay, nobody else is coming in the shop. Could I pray for you a second time? Okay. I said, look me in the eyes. So I looked in her eyes, prayed for her. How's it feel now? Still pounding. Okay. Now, most of us would say, all right, I'll leave. You'll get over it. <laughs> it's only a headache. Um, <laughs> most things happen. I get headaches too. No. I said, look, I don't want to embarrass you. I looked around, and I said, nobody's coming. Could I pray for you the third time? Sure. Can I put my hand on you this time again? Yeah, sure. Pray for the third time. She opened her eyes. She goes, well, that's really weird. Can you come back every day? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Jesus can. It's a sign. It's a sign. Sometimes it takes more than once. Sometimes you have to pray. L listen, and we'll throw some things out. It's not every prayer always gets healed either. Hebrews 4, verse 16 says, Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. I already read that to find help. Listen, knowing that Jesus does the works totally releases me from pressure. I don't have to make it happen. I just to be a part of the process. Bonnie and I like to pray for um, wa our waiter or waitresses most times when we're with somebody. I think it's been three times in like the last two years, maybe. The person is waiting on us. Two times they said, yeah, with or for? Well, we'll pray with you if you want us to pray with you. One lady put her order in and came and pulled a chair out and sat down and put her hands out and said, let's pray. One lady here not too long, about two weeks ago, uh, and I was with a group of leaders, and I asked her, and she walked away. She said, well, can I put this in? I want to be here when you pray for me. <laughs> There's times where they say no. Last night, the person was, we asked, asked the one last night, and she's like, 
Uh, that I have a good day. <laughs> okay, that's a, we can pray for that. Yeah, it's okay. I've had, we've had waitresses burst into tears. My father was just diagnosed with a sickness, an illness. The key, again, is that you're encountering Jesus and bringing him into the situation. So the number one secret in seeing people healed. Hold on, well, let me get to this first. Foundation. Let me lay a foundation just a little bit for you. What time is it? 11.03, okay. Um, James 1, 16 to 18. Do not be deceived, my beloved brother. My beloved brother. Look, this is foundational for you. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Listen, every, let me say that again. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. The true test of whether you believe that is when it doesn't always seem good. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits for his creation. Our first song, The Goodness of God. What, what a powerful thing. Hopefully, we weren't just singing words. Hopefully, we were singing values. Hopefully, we were singing what we really believe. Because whether, whether you believe it or not, we'll be tested on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, or Thursday. Sometime this week. Listen, the true test of whether Alan and Julie and Merle and team and Cherie and the team here are being successful is not here. The true test of whether we're being successful is what happens Tuesday morning in the cubicle, on the school bus, on the tractor, in the truck, at the work site, wherever it is, how you're responding to life's situation, how you're responding when you come home from work and you've had a terrible day and the pressure and the stress is over your head and you walk in and your wife of three, four children has had an equally stressful day. How you both respond to that situation is the true test of how effective we are here. And let me just say this. Don't let this be your own feeding ground. Pull a sidebar. Don't let this be your own feeding ground. Don't let this be the total summation of what you're feeding your spirit and what you're feeding your soul. Don't let this be your only venue, their only input. Don't let this be the one that's feeding your spirit. If it's only this, and this is not to detract from anything that takes place here or anything's happening here, but this, if this is your only feeding ground, if this is your only feeding place, I'm telling you, you're not near as developed as you need to be. Our goal is to teach you to feed yourself. Many times over the years, these last 35 years of ministry, I've encountered Peter, people who have said this. He said, well, I'm just not being fed at the church I'm a part of. Really? Is that true? Do you own a Bible? Can you pray? Yes, they're responsible to feed you, but you're responsible to feed yourself. Our, our goal is to see you feed yourself. Anyway, James 1, verse 16 to 18. Sidebar there. So, my dear friends, don't get thrown off course. This is probably new living. Don't go back to the old covenant. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The givers of the rivers of light cascade down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word, showing us off as the crown of his creatures. Jesus heals people because of his tremendous love for people. The other night, Bonnie, I entered into a place of business, and as we began talking to the proprietor of the business and sitting down at the counter, and as we were talking, he, I saw, we saw that he was walking, limping as he was walking. And we asked about, hey, what's up? What's wrong? He said, well, I'm waiting for the CBD oil to kick in. Um, hasn't had any effect or impact yet. And I think it was either... I think Bonnie may have said something along his line, we'll get, let Jesus a try or something like that, or we asked if we could pray for them. And, 
Anyway, come out from behind the counter. We pray for them. Uh, don't really feel much different yet. Pray for them a second time. Wow, yeah, it feels remarkably better. Asked them a number of times while we were there, how are you feeling? Feeling great when we left. How does it feel? Oh, it feels great. It's, it's gone. They had injured themselves a number of days before. Didn't get a chance to check back. That would have been later, earlier this week. Didn't get a chance to check back. But the point is this. Again, encounter possible possibility of bringing the encounter. Hmm. We can't teach you in healing without bringing in Isaiah. Isaiah, I'm going to skip down a little bit. Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our rebellion. It's the new living. Crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. That same verse then is written again in 1 Peter. Peter quotes it. He says this. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. How many of you believe that? Right? If we believe the first part, we should believe the second part, which says, by his wounds you are healed. But this person didn't get healed. Yeah, I've prayed for people that haven't gotten healed. Listen, anytime you teach on any kind of this, anytime you teach on healing, the questions are always raised, well, what about this person? Or what about this situation? Or how comes it, it didn't resolve? I don't know. I don't know. But unless you think I only have successes in my life, I know what it's like to bury a sister because of ugly cancer. I don't know what it's like to, to bury twin newborns, preborns, because they were too little at that at that work today, they might have been able to save them, but in those days, we weren't able, they weren't able to. Listen, and all those situations have been through. I lost, we lost a colleague. You, you've, you've lost people. Probably everybody here has lost someone in a situation that wasn't what you desired. That does not change the foundation of the goodness of God. That does not change the fact that he desires to heal. That does not change the fact that he wants you to engage with him and engage with society around you to bring about change. I'm at a different place than we were back then as a young couple. Uh, and Lisa was our only child at that point in time. I had a much different place spiritually than I was back then. Whether I could, we could have changed, I don't know. That, that's not even worth going into. All I know is this, that each of those situations has brought me closer to God. Because I remember at times, Bonnie and I would crawl in bed at night, and literally we would cry and hold each other in arms and say, I am so grateful to the Lord that I have you with me to help me walk through this situation. Yes, we're grateful for the Holy Spirit, but the, the Lord gave us each other as well. So there's pain involved. In life. I don't have the answers for all of that, but that doesn't change the fact of the goodness of God. That doesn't change the fact that he wants me to intersect. He wants to intersect with me in this thing called life and bring about change. It doesn't change the fact that he wants to use his spirit inside of me to bring hope to someone who's hopeless, to someone who's been pain, someone who's struggling. Listen, I will not give up what I believe about the goodness of God and his desire to save and heal people to explain away why God didn't do something just so I wouldn't look foolish in their eyes. Let me say that again. I will not give up on what I believe about the goodness of God and his desire to save and heal people to explain away why God didn't do something just so I wouldn't look foolish in their eyes. If there was a crusade in Mannheim, say Howard, uh, Reinhard Bunke or his, his uh, protege Daniel who took over the ministry now or Billy Graham or Frank, uh, Franklin or I believe it, uh, Dave, I forget the, his son, but if, if, if they held a crusade, would the power of God be there to save everybody? Yeah, of course. That's not a trick question. Would everybody get saved? No, only those who were able to receive. 
Is the power of God available for everyone to get healed? Yes, is everyone healed? I don't understand why, but so my prayer for people is, Lord, in my own life, Lord, grant me the ability to receive that which you've made available to me. As I said, we have, I have the stories. I shared some of them with you. I also have the, right now, I'm contending with another lead elder for, a, 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 for his wife who's struggling and battling an illness. We, we have a, um, a senior elder in the U.S. whose wife encountered uh, cancer twice and has beaten it both times by the grace of God. So we have the victories. So we don't, sometimes we have things that don't work out the way we want it to, but that does not change the fact of the goodness of God, and he wants me to pray and intercede whatever is in front of me. Because he's placed me there to bring about change. He's placed me there to see people changed and healed. Not everyone that you, not everyone that you ask to pray for will even allow you to pray for them. I was in another nation, got out of the car, and this young girl's walking down the street. I said, wow, well, you're hurting. Can I pray for you? No, that's okay. I, I created the opportunity. I was in Ireland here not too long ago, and a person had broke both her fingers the day before. Would you allow us to pray for you? No, I'm okay. That's all right. I create the opportunity. Foundationally, God desires to heal. Jesus paid the price for my healing. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Let me give you a final scripture verse. I think it's the final one or close to it. Hebrews 13a, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus doesn't change. He's the same. I change. I continue to grow in him. My prayer is, Lord, help me to receive. Oh, geez. Colossians, I think, or no, 2 Corinthians says, one verse in there says, we no longer look at men from an earthly point of view. We used to look at Christ that way and see how we were missed it there, see how, we're, how he's changed now. I need to look at people from a heavenly point of view, which means regardless of where they're at in their walk with Jesus, whether, it's, whether they don't even have one, I look at them as seeing them as someone that Jesus died for, Jesus cares about. Okay. Let me close here this morning with a final story, and then I'll share with you the most important thing about praying for sick to be healed. If you have anything, honey, please come. This goes back a number of years ago. I was um, ministering to a group of leaders, and um, there was a lady in that gathering that had a brace on her leg and and uh, asked her her story, and she was talking about how just all the things that were wrong in her physical body, and she said, I need a complete overhaul, and I asked her about her leg, and so she was wearing a brace for a year, and, and uh, she said, uh, in fact, they prayed for her, the church prayed for her, and she took the brace off, got up, and fell over, and uh, she said, so it's, it's definitely not healing, it's been on, at that point in time, if I remember correctly, it was on for a year, and, or just about a year, and, and I turned to walk away when she said, the church is praying. And as I turned to walk away, the Holy Spirit said, you could pray too. Oh, well, yeah, but the church is praying. Who might I add to this? When I turned around, I said, could I pray for you? She said, absolutely. Like a little annoying oil. There was a little bit of a hole. It was one of those wraparound braces. There was a little bit of hole here that I could touch her, her knee. So I put a little drop of oil on. Pray for her knee, just a simple prayer. Lord, I pray that you would heal this knee in Jesus' precious name. I said, amen. She, she opened her eyes. She goes, man, it's hot. It is really hot. And she starts taking the brace off. And in my mind, I'm like, you just fell over when the others prayed for you. Keep that brace on, girl. 
I said, no, 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 not yet, not yet. Leave, leave it alone. You can take it off later, maybe when I'm not around. Um, <laughs> that's what I thought. I didn't say that, but that is what I thought. And we're just engaging in small talk. And then she said, okay, it's done. The heat was gone. So she took the brakes off. She said, and now the, time, now the, the, true, the true test. And she stood up and put all her weight on her one foot, on her one leg. And then the mucus ministry started. Man, she just started crying, snot run out of her nose. I'm getting hankies. And she's just crying and so excited about what God is doing and, and what God did in her life. Here's the most important key about praying for sick people or seeing people healed is you got to pray for them. I, I could have walked away. Listen, almost everybody, the lady behind the counter, the, the situation that happened this week, the, um, uh, everybody, the, the lead elder, well, <laughs> hey, man, he's a lead elder. Of course, he's praying for himself. Everybody's praying for him. Almost everyone, there's, a, there's at least a point, and might be a fraction of a second sometimes, but there's at least a point of, should I take a risk? Two times. And we'll close with this. Two times the Lord spoke to me and said, are you willing to lose your reputation to do what I want you to do? Now, he wasn't talking about doing something stupid and ignorant or that kind of thing. But he said, are you willing to look foolish in the eyes of men? Are you willing to take a risk? I prayed for my garage man a number of times and didn't see him healed with an issue. But that next person that has an issue in front of me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe God because Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price for not only my healing, but their healing as well. So I fight through the fear to ask, to pray. I don't need to make something happen. Jesus is the one that makes it happen. I just need to position myself to take advantage of the opportunity in front of me. People might question the existence of God, but they cannot question the fact that Jesus just healed them. They cannot question that. Even that's recorded even even in the Gospels or in Acts. Well, we're not sure about Jesus, but we can't. We certainly can't say that nothing notable has happened here. It's a sign. Would you pray with me, Jesus' precious name, Alan? If you would have your prayer people come front here, we're going to give opportunity to prayer this for prayer this morning. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to do something a little bit different, if we could. We're going to utilize these prayer people later, but if you're here this morning and you have pain or a diagnosis, why don't you raise your hand, that you want prayer for? If you have pain or a diagnosis, right? I want you to just stand to your feet, and if you have pain or a diagnosis, stand to your feet, and I don't want people to get around you and pray. So we're going to handle this part. The prayer counselors are going to do some, something else. But if you have pain or a diagnosis, just stand to your feet. And I'd like the rest of you to gather around. Now, before you move, let me ask you this, is that in one word, if it's a diagnosis, then just say the word. If it's a pain, then specifically share. Does anybody here have pain in their left shoulder? Any pain in their left shoulder? I just felt to put that out there. Last night, I was, as I was driving, um, I felt left shoulder. God wants to heal somebody with their pain in their left shoulder, two people. All right? So, uh, somebody, I want to pray for, I'll pray for both of you, but some of you can gather around them as well. All right? Left shoulder. And so, again, it's, if you share the pain, just share where it's at. Pain, ankle, whatever. All right? Great. So while they're there, go ahead. Make your way to them. 
Remember, Jesus is the one that heals. It's not you. Jesus is the one that heals. So, okay, make your way to them. Let them share with you one word, diagnosis or location of the pain. And then go ahead and take them in and pray. If we could have some background music, that'd be amazing. Or someone on the keyboard or something. And then we're going to utilize these prayer people for, in just a minute for something else. So go ahead. We're going to go ahead and pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. I need some people to join Sharif right here. Left shoulder. Do something. 
Charles from Haiti was here. Bobby and Wanda, Bonnie and I were standing in the back. We were praying prophetically for people. And we prayed for them, for, uh, for him and his wife. And then we asked specifically, is there anything else we can pray for? He said, yeah, I can't lift my arm higher than this. I can't lift it. We prayed for him, I thought it was two or three times. And then he could kind of go like this. But by the end of the day, by the end of, within an hour, we shared lunch together. Percal was just walking around, around the room going, said God doesn't want you healed. If he did, you wouldn't be going to the doctor. All of us believe in healing. That's why we go to the doctor. That's why we take necessary medicine. But I want you to, again, tap into the Holy Spirit. Tap into God this morning. Jesus Christ. So, anybody come? Alan, do you want to end it? How do we? Please, end this. I'll just say this, is that God wants to heal this morning, not just physically, relationally, emotionally, financially, whatever that need is. God God, Jesus died on the cross to make a way for that. So the prayer counselors are here this morning to pray for you in any of those areas. Any area that's broken, they want to pray for you, not just physically this morning. And I know there'll be times later on throughout the month, weeks to come, to pray for those other areas. Alan, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Ron, for, for being here and ministering this morning. Uh, we're going to uh, dismiss, and, and um, we encourage you to stay for the fundraiser lunch. Uh, come forward for prayer. We have lots of people up here. We'd love to pray with you this morning. Feel like God's presence is here. God's at work. God's uh, doing some things in people's lives. So we just encourage you to come if there's a uh, just a need or, or a need for healing in your life. We'd love to pray with you this morning. Otherwise, God bless you. Uh, you're just